everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Indie Corner Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I've got an awesome guest here, uh, Spencer Madison. How are you doing, Spencer? I'm great. How are you? Good. Um, Spencer's been busy. Like, you have a lot of stuff that you've been doing, and I've been sort of uh, not stalking, but, you know, kind of checking out your page and seeing all the, you know, um, and we'll get to a lot of that stuff because there's going to be a lot to to talk about but first off i gotta know like how did you get into this business gosh um so i guess it's a pretty simple story i was a theater nerd growing up and i was in the missoula traveling children's theater i performed all over um, ohio and i did things like snow white and robin hood And once I reached high school, I realized that while I love performing, I think I, I realized pretty quickly that I have stage fright and it's pretty late to understand, like to realize that you have stage fright in high school. Um, but sort of, but you know, like, were you doing it beforehand? Oh yeah. So, and you didn't have stage fright. No, I think I just found mortality or something in high school. And all of a sudden I was just very conscious of the fact that people were watching me like live in real time. And I, I went on to grab leading roles in my high school productions, but I started making my own content for a YouTube channel. And I realized that I would rather be on screen than on stage. So it was about um, 18 when I reached adulthood, right after high school, I kind of just dived headfirst into it. Uh, Now, did you wait specifically just so you could be an adult and you could kind of choose that yourself and everything? Um, I always knew that I wanted to uh, be a Disney kid. I was really into that and like Nickelodeon and stuff. But I had to wait till till adulthood because my mom, uh, we lived below the poverty line for my entire life. So it just was unattainable at that point. So when I was an adult, I was able to make the decision for myself. You know, it's interesting because I had stage fright when I was like 13, like in middle school. And then I got into high school and, well, I took a year off and I missed it. You know, like I was like, oh, man, I wish I I wish I did it, you know, in eighth grade or whatever. So ninth grade, I was like, I'm going back back to, to acting. So kind of kind of feel the same way. But um, I don't know. I've always wanted to do film more than TV or the theater. It's just happen to theater just happens to be the easier stuff you could do as a kid you know um i'm sure you kind of felt the same way yeah absolutely i i mean i loved performing i would put on shows in the living room for my family every single night and i was singing and i was dancing and i just once i reached adulthood i realized that the film community especially the indie film community is so while it's it's large and it expands across the united states and beyond In Ohio specifically, it was a very small community. And once you network with a couple people and you do a good job and you're a hard worker, your name starts to get passed around. And so honestly, the easiest answer for how I got into this was networking. So you just kept, you kept talking with different people and they started saying to other people, you should work with Spencer. She's great. And it just kind of kept going from there. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I guess like, cause I've talked about it with other guests 
and stuff on the show. But I always, um, I always love to kind of hear what you, uh, people's thoughts are, uh, especially uh, actors' thoughts are on um, on set behavior. You know, because I feel like sometimes there can be people who, I don't know, maybe they've had a few roles that you know kind of give them a little bit of a little bit of a head. Um, like, how do you sort of handle dealing with people who uh, might be a little, you know, a little out there on that? I, you have to just be as professional as possible. I mean, I don't go out of my way to be friends with these people or um, I'm, I'm certainly friendly no matter what. You have to keep a, a professional relationship with every single person that you work with but I don't go out of my way to, to be friends with them because I, I don't know. So I'm neurodivergent, which means I have problems communicating on a normal setting. And so if someone's like rude or they have a big head or they're overly confident or just really weird vibes, I just kind of avoid that altogether because I, I don't know. I'm probably going to make it weird if, if I'm around that. So. Interesting. I, so, all right. So you uh, sort of, wow. What's that word you used? Like that was a big word. Oh, uh, neurodivergent. Neuro. How do you, how'd you figure out that that's what you were? Uh, I was diagnosed with ADD when I was really young and then um, into adulthood uh, autism. So uh, it's, kind of a progression of what I had already always assumed. Um, so neurodivergency is um, like a divergence from being neurotypical. Okay. Interesting. I've never, that was, that was a new word to me. So you learn a new thing on Indie Corner Radio. I don't <laughs> know. Uh, yeah. That's really cool though. Cause uh, no, I, I like it when uh, actors themselves are self-aware, you know, and I feel like in this uh, business, you really gotta be. Um, not just because of your characters, but just because of yourself, you know, to help yourself or whatever. But it does help your characters, I'm sure, because then you can sort of bring something to it that's personal. Yeah, I. so growing up um, being neurodivergent, uh, you kind of develop what's called a mask. And it's kind of like a customer service persona where you try to be as normal as possible because society has deemed my behavior that I, um, I do to deal with the world, um, unacceptable or just odd. So I've learned to create this mask and being able to be different people, different characters is like another mask that I can try to be. And it, at first I was a little bit weirded out by it. Um, when I was a child and I was acting, I didn't, quite understand that these different characters I was playing were just like different versions of me. And then when I became an adult and I wanted to be on TV and I wanted to be in the movies, I realized what great fun it is to wear these masks and to portray characters as authentically as possible, to uh, challenge myself as an actor, new goals, uh, new emotions, trying to portray. So it's all been a, a game for me, just trying to be as great of an actor as I can I'm sure you get this question some but like what's what's been the most challenging hmm it's a good question yeah I I have had that question before I would probably say 
my first leading role was a character named Izzy who suffered from depression and mental illness. And because of that, she was susceptible to being possessed by a demon. And so she was possessed by a demon and the movie's called the demons within. Um, and it, it was very challenging, it was super challenging. I mean, I had to go to a really dark place and I had to, I mean, I was screaming and crying and crawling up walls and doing cartwheels downstairs. And I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff as a demon and it was really challenging. On the film, right? Not, not like outside of. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, exactly. Yeah. Although I don't know, there was some weird stuff happening on, on that set. I, we probably accidentally summoned a demon, but see, I've always been wondering about that. Cause I wrote a, a like a demon script and then all of a sudden like weird shit started happening. And I yeah. was like, okay. Like, and it was, I was all alone when I was doing it. I was like, this is not the right time to be doing this. You oh know? my goodness. Kind of yeah. freaks me out, you know? Cause like, Absolutely. especially if you look online and you try to find, you know, stuff, sometimes you can actually find stuff that, I mean, I don't know, I, at least makes me feel like it might work, you know, or something. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. Like, do you believe in that stuff? Do you believe in demons and everything? Um, I don't know. Like maybe I just think that it's really personally, I think it's ignorant to think that, we are the only types of energy on on this plane, you know, there's gotta be demons. There's gotta be ghosts. There's gotta be aliens. Like all that stuff has to be real because we're real. What's to say those aren't. Well, people could say like people made those up, you know, because yeah, but like, know. like thousands and thousands of years ago. Yeah, it's true. So for thousands and thousands of years, people have been talking about demons and, other stuff you know like the bible had stuff about demon possession and stuff that literally said that yeah. you know so i mean i mean i don't think we go by like the bibles kind of thing and even some of that might be translated wrong you know or differently than what it actually is you know Absolutely. and and the other thing is like when when you look at the bible you know and you think of uh because that's been written like so many years ago happy easter everybody's been past easter by the time this is out but you know uh if you look at the bible like it's been written for so long that some of the um uh some of the stuff that they wrote about they didn't know the stuff we know now like about you know certain diseases and certain ways people react you know like if yeah. somebody might have been possessed maybe they were just drunk you know maybe. and stuff and maybe blacked out drunk you know yeah. and we don't know like what so we just kind of go by what they say but um you know and everything uh but we you know it's it's wonderful it's a wonderful literature i don't knock on the bible i'm just saying like we we look at it you know from a, a different lens now i think because we know a lot more you know about stuff um and who's to say like in a hundred years what will they know about the world that we didn't know you know um growing up so um it's weird to think you know so that's why i don't do sci-fi movies because they're probably wrong you know like i don't write sci-fi because i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna get it completely wrong and you know everything <laughs> right yeah um so okay so you've done like are you into horror yourself Oh yeah, I'm a complete horror nerd. 
tell me like okay everybody always says what's your favorite scary movie okay um god i get asked that all the time and it's always a different answer so uh my the original my original favorite scary movie of all time was scream the the one that said well, you know what's your favorite scary movie all right yeah so i was very young that came, that came out in 1995 and i was only two when that came out so i think i watched it probably around five years old and five your parents yeah. let you watch it at five um i don't think they really had any control over what i was watching i was such a nerd i, I loved movies so so much that i would watch whatever i wanted nice yeah that's great uh yeah now i feel so old <laughs> you're saying i was five when screen came out i'm like I was in high school. <laughs> yeah. I my thirtieth birthday is May sixth. Oh, you know, happy early birthday. Thanks. I think this might actually be coming out around then. So perfect. Oh, cool. Very yeah. Cool. Um, so anyway, uh so May, you know, so you you come out here and you kind of like watch horror, you watch screen. Um, did you kind of dive into like the classics or like even ones that are sort of obscure? Yeah, I really love um, the birds and eraser head. I mean, like if we're talking classics, like I love black and white horror because I love learning how they made it. So like my favorite fun fact is that they used, yeah, you, know, you know, chocolate syrup for the blood. Like and psycho. Yeah. yeah and stuff like that. My favorite little fun fact about like old horror and, and you could still do that if you made a black and white movie. Absolutely. You know? The consistency is so good. Can you imagine doing a black and white movie now and having chocolate syrup all over you. <laughs> That'd it would be fun. It would not be any more sticky than it is now with corn syrup. That's true. Corn syrup and like red dye, you know. Yeah. And um, it would be it would be better to in the mouth. And that's the only thing about Scream that always kind of bothered me is when they're talking about, oh, caro syrup, the same stuff they used in pig's blood and carry. And I'm like, they used every like everything for you know fake yeah. blood like yeah. that's just the normal fake blood because i even i knew that back then when i watched it i was like hey this isn't carousel normal you know but it is kind of a cool fact that they used it for the pig's blood in carry but you know uh i didn't know that i guess at the time you know yeah um that movie that movie did kind of uh bring back the horror genre which a lot of people don't really think about but it it was dying at that particular time, maybe not indie wise, but like studio wise, people were trying, it's people still studio wise, they don't want horror much, you know, there's very few studios that are doing it, you know, um, yeah. because they can't win awards and, um, but they should because it makes a lot of money. Yeah, it does. You know? Yeah. Um, so what's like, uh, so now that you do all these horror stuff, um, what's the first horror role you got? The first horror movie I ever did, I guess it would be considered horror. It was a movie called How I Got Here. And it was this coming of age drama horror thriller where this young boy was growing up in a zombie apocalypse. Nice. And I played, um, I was one of the leading roles with um, Jace Carson, who played the young boy. And then Dylan Hughes, who played my uh, like co-lead. And 
it was really fun. I mean, it was just, it was more about like the humanity aspect or the lack of humanity in an apocalypse rather than about the zombies, which I thought was really interesting. And I mean, I guess that would be my first horror role because zombies are classic horror. Mm-hmm. Are you a zombie fan? I like zombies. Yeah. I'm not. I, I, I'm zombie comedies. I'm okay with regular yeah. zombies. After a while, I'm just like, really? You can't outrun the slow guys? Like the fast ones, maybe like Return of the Living Dead and stuff. Like, but like, but that's even more horror comedy, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you're a big Return of the Living Dead fan. I like I like that movie. I I mean, if we're talking about favorite zombie movies, I love um Shaun of the Dead. Yes. It's one 100%. of percent Yeah. A great movie. Uh is that your favorite like zombie movie? No, I think Dawn of the Dead is my favorite. Original not, or remake? Not the original, the remake, yeah. The remake? For real? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, everybody always says the original. I'm surprised. You know, exactly. not that's a bad thing. It's just it's the one that usually gets the attention is the yeah. the original. Uh, do you think that's because it's the original and not because I think, it's I think the there's a lot of like weird horror gatekeeping where it's like you like the remake over the original, and I'm just like, yeah, I like the remake of Evil Dead more than the original, and that's true. I do. So <laughs> yeah, okay. your gauntlet has been thrown down. <laughs> I-, <laughs> I like that. I like that because you don't hear it much, you know, and and yeah, I do think there's a lot of people that's, you know, and I I kind of like I love the community, you know, the horror community, but I feel like as in any community, there's going to be people, different people, you know, that don't feel, you know, the same as others, you know, and they just want to start start crap with other people about it. So it kind of sucks on that side, but. I just don't engage, you know, generally speaking, yeah. you know, um, I'm sure you don't either, but maybe you do, maybe, maybe you get involved in that stuff sometimes. No, cause I've been told growing up that my, my taste in horror is bad. And that's because I'm like a hardcore Rob Zombie fan. And I personally don't like John Carpenter's Halloween. So when people hear about like my horror taste, they are just like, I'm not, talking to you and I'm like that's fine I'll like what I like <laughs> like you can go be a weirdo over there yeah <laughs> uh but what was it about the uh, the original uh I mean do you like a lot of John Carpenter stuff or was yeah it... I like I like Christine I I love Christine I love the fog like that's like yeah. my favorite John Carpenter movie Halloween I'll, I'll admit it has it has its issues of like it's, it's kind of a slow movie to me um, and there are times where, but that's a lot of that's character build up. And, and of course I love PJ souls and, you know, always love her, but, uh, the first original one, I, I think the remake, I've, I felt like they kind of dived too much into, uh, into what made him become the thing he is, which a lot of people like, and maybe you like that too. And I'm not here to shame anybody for liking that stuff. It's just not my, not my thing, you know, and everything. Yeah. I have to, I have to say that now it's sad. Yeah. You know, I have to tell people, you know, I'm not shaming you for this. And I'm like, why? Like, oh, I don't know, yeah. but I just want to make sure people understand I'm not offending them at all. You know? Right. Um, yeah. I, I, I get that completely. I mean, I, I think the reason I don't like John Carpenter's Halloween is that 
he was trying to like he steered away from the gore to allow the audience to kind of fill in those blanks and create their own nightmare so like it was like an impending doom it was very slow and back then i mean when it comes to like you know practical effects and cgi like it was like not great and when I look back at it as someone who grew up on things like Freddy versus Jason and scream, like where like the gore is thrown in your face, 3d, you know, I, w- I became so desensitized to it that when I finally watched John Carpenter's Halloween, I was super bored. And when it came to the remake Rob Zombie's Halloween, I liked that they humanized Michael Myers because then it, when it, he started doing the bad things as an adult, it was so realistic that like this was like a young boy that you could have cared for and he grew up and he's murdering everybody like that was what made it scary for me so yeah that's my answer (laughs) i'll i'll agree no i'll totally agree with that and actually more than i was thinking about it um i mean i i guess what i was saying before about like the fact that i i didn't like the fact that they sort of uh show too much into like what made him uh michael myers i think i sort of like the boogeyman aspect from the original halloween uh from john carpenter's that um because i i think john wasn't expecting it to like i mean from what i understood he didn't want sequels he was just this was just a a fake you know like he was just making one movie that was it you know uh he shouldn't have left it open-ended then where Where's Michael Myers at the end? You know, he's disappeared. But like, I guess that was a kind of a Hitchcockian thing. And he's a big Hitchcock fan, which sounds like you are too. So, um, you know, that's why you cast uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in the role because of Janet Lee, you know, but I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a lot there that people can say, but it's, it's all a matter of taste. Like whether you like, like something uh, can't, I can't tell you you're wrong, you know? And nobody can, uh, you know, unless you change your mind, you know, yourself, you know what I mean? And that's up to you. So I love that. My dad used to say, Augustus non est disputandum. Taste is not disputable. So I like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, what would be like your dream role? Like what would be the kind of role that if somebody came to you and said, Spencer, I'll do anything you want us to make, what would you do? Oh boy. I, that's, I've never been asked that before, but I think about things like that often. If someone were to say that, and I would love to make or be in a movie where I'm like, like I would want to remake twilight, but make it horror and make it gay. (laughs) Like a lesbian uh, twilight movie. Yeah. But like definitely horror. Okay, so it would be two gir- two girls fighting over one girl. Yeah, or a guy can be a guy can be involved. I don't give a shit as long as it's queer. Okay, so it could be the bi or whatever, or uh, or any of it. Could be, it could be two guys for all I know. I just like the the representation of queer people in horror is evolving very much. Like, and I love what they're doing with the new scream and and like the core four and like that main character. Um, I think her name's Mindy um, and she's gay and she's had love interests. And I love that she survived throughout these two movies. 
spoiler alert geez oh, no, I'm just it's, been out a while. <laughs> uh, it's been a lot I'm, I'm joking <laughs> Um, but I love where it's going. So if we can have horror movies where gay people aren't killed off as like a funny plot twist and keep it as like gruesome, wholesome as possible, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Cause okay. We're going to begin. Sorry. If you haven't seen scream six, you're going to, you're probably going to hear a couple things now that we're going to say, so get ready. You might have to fast forward, but uh, because we actually, me and my friend did a review of it and everything, and I'm not, I'm not entirely happy what they did necessarily. You know, there's a couple things like, um, everybody lived, you know, um, when they kind of showed deaths that should have, you know, sh- people should have died, you know, at least because even though there were the core four and that would have been, you know, that was great. One of them, one of the the brother or sister I felt should have died. And I think it was like, I felt like it should have been the dude because he got stabbed so many freaking times. And I'm yeah. like, Oh no, they're making the new Dewey. Aren't they? They're doing that. Yep. He's the new Dewey. He's the one who's going to get stabbed every time. And then all of a sudden I made it because he did it the first time to the second time. Oh, I'm like, if he does, I almost feel like if he doesn't die in this next, in the next one, it's almost like they're just messing with us now you know, or whatever. I mean, they always are in that franchise. There's always some weird meta like message or, you know, there's, it's so, it's always about messing with the audience. And that's one of the reasons why I really love that whole franchise. And I'm personally a really big fan of what Radio Silence has done with the last two movies. And I, so this is going to sound so crazy, but I'm going to say this on a podcast because I want it to be freaking out there. I'm manifesting. I'm putting it on uh, TikTok, whatever it is. It's going to go on there. All right. I found Radio Silence's old Facebook page where they have like a thousand likes and follows and their email address was on it. And I emailed them right after the, right after that last stream um, five, right after five came out, I emailed them congratulating them. I was like, such a fan girl. I was like, I'm such a fan. Like, this is amazing. And then I sent my headshots and they emailed me back. They emailed me back. So I know that they know who I am now. And then scream six came out and I emailed them again. And I was like, congratulations. This is fucking rad. Like you guys are killing the game. Here's my headshots just in case again, like a year later. Um, but I think that they are just so famous now because they did not email me back this time. So Aww. radio, radio silence. If you're listening, I want to be your opening kill for seven. Yeah. Oh man. Don't be an opening kill. I mean, even though no. it's great. No, I want to be the opening kill because it's fucking legendary. You know, it's funny because like the, I guess two of the people that were in, like there was a very famous actress that's in the, uh, uh, that's worked with them before that wasn't the open you know basically the opening kill in a way and and this last one yeah and then yeah yeah i love her mm-hmm. um and then the other two the the guys you know were in it that got killed or whatever i don't even think they're very famous so you have a you have a good chance that they do like a more like couple people you know death scene that it'll yeah. be like that'll be the thing that gets you noticed and everything That'd be great. Yeah. I'd love I love that. I would fucking kill that role. 
I would, first of all, Ghostface and I would duke it out first because I'm a fighter and I will not go down without some kind of interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just think that being the opening kill, I don't even care about being like a main character, nothing. I just want to be the opening kill. I want to be the first thing people see when they freaking, you know, turn that movie on and I want to haunt their dreams for the rest of their lives. Like Drew Barrymore has haunted mine. <laughs> and in the first, yeah, the first scene that, that, that scene, wow. And you saw it when you're five. Jeez. Yeah. I can't imagine seeing that, that like her being ripped open and like hanging you know when i was five that would have scared me to death like um, it was pretty terrifying i think the honestly i think the death that scared me the most though was rose mcgowan's in mm -hmm. the garage when she came like when the garage door went up and like just crushed her body Mm -hmm. that is what scared me the most because we had a garage door that looked just like that growing up and for years i was like i'm not even ducking under it like you're not even tucking under you're just <laughs> gonna avoid let's just not go in the garage let's just go nope. around you know i get it uh also like just don't put your head through a doggy door you know like that she, if she could she could have first of all she could have fit i don't know what that was first of all she could have took one of those guys i'm sorry i as much yeah. as i love matthew lillard and uh and uh and uh ah blinken oh skeet ulrich skeet ulrich as much yeah. as i love both of them where was me going man she should have just i think it was i bet it was i think it was Stu. it had to have been Stu because um was it uh, uh billy was upstairs um yes. sydney at the time so it had to have been Stu. she could have took Stu. she could have gra- like jumped on him and just shoved him away and and ran and if she went right into the room she wouldn't that Stu wouldn't have bothered her because he wouldn't have come after her on the ghost base with everybody around they waited till everybody was gone before they you know really started attacking you know yeah. so uh i i think she could have done it but unfortunately she was scared and uh she realized it was real and uh did the exact thing that uh sydney was talking about earlier like she tried to run out the front door instead of you know like running or whatever you know running out the other way instead of running out the front door um I love that movie because it's just I'm into slashers. That's like my favorite genre, you Me know. Um, yeah, that's good. I, I don't really hear a lot of people that are these days uh, that are into slashers. I hear more like, well, I'm into paranormal stuff, or I'm into demons and or creature features, you know, or whatever. But get to get to find a fellow slasher fan. Um, now, have you been in any slashers yourself? Yes, I have been in a couple. Uh, my most recent would be uh, Phantom Fun World, directed by Tori Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was a really, really fun one. And my one of my favorite characters I ever played, her name was Collins. And she's basically the best friend to the final girl. And lots of things happen. And I'm just sliced and diced like Zorro and... Elsie Holt, who played the Phantom, was terrifying and just did an amazing job. I still have PTSD from just like, I mean, the whole movie took place in an indoor amusement park. So if I see like funny circus lights and um, 
like the colors, um, like blue, green, purple, and red all together. Immediately. I'm like flashback to like 12 hours on set in this amusement park, just covered in blood. <laughs> uh, so you guys shot in like an abandoned amusement park or actual like working amusement park. So we actually filmed in a place called Gaddy town in, uh, Kentucky. And it's a real indoor family amusement park and arcade. And they allowed us to film from 8 p.m. when they closed all the way until 9 a.m. when they opened. So we had overnight shoots in the amusement park. Yeah, over overnight shoots, just, I hate to say I kind of like them better than day shoots or anything like that. I mean, but I'm a night owl, so that, you know, I'd rather sleep during the day and, and do everything at night. You know, um, what do you prefer, night shoots or day shoots? I prefer night shoots, honestly, because there's something really, especially on horror sets, because there's something very sinister about playing it out as if it were like in real time. And if it like when you're in a horror movie and it's supposed to be nighttime, but it's daytime and they have to like black out windows and stuff, it just feels different. And when it's actually nighttime, it's terrifying, especially when you're getting chased by a monster. Yeah. That would be, uh, <laughs> that that would be more scary. Well, yeah, because most time, especially when you can't see sh shit in front of you and stuff, you know, you're just bouncing and running, and you know, like, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm always afraid because if we do like night shoots, you have to be very careful that somebody could. We we did a day sh day thing, like it wasn't even a shoot, and somebody was running, and we we're just filming him out running. And then he tripped and had to get like, you know, like stitches and stuff, you know? And mm -hmm. I mean, it's scary, you know? So you, you got to be careful with, with that insurance and stuff, but I'm sure you guys were all took, you know, very, very cautious and careful. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, so like when you shoot a night shoot and everything um, like this one, Phantom Fun World, um, did you get to ride the rides? No, because we were secluded from certain things because of liability issues. So there was a scene where some of the characters got to ride bumper cars, but only in the allotted time for that scene being shot. So like we weren't allowed to even touch like the arcade games when they were when we, they were closed down and stuff because of liability issues. And um, I mean, this is like a corporation that's allowing us to film when they're not there. So we just didn't touch anything. That's still cool. I'm glad you guys got to shoot in an actual amusement park. I mean, that's just, that's pretty neat, you know? Yeah. Um, the fun part about being an actor is when you get, you know, there. Um, I, I want to talk to you about auditions a little bit and uh, everything. Um, uh, some people enjoy doing them. Some people hate doing them. Some people are you know, whatever. What do you, do you enjoy doing auditions? Yeah. 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 I, I audition for something probably every single day. Everything single day you audition. Yeah. And uh, what, what would you prefer? Cause have you had a uh, in-person auditions yet? Yes. So I actually love in-person auditions because it's easier to connect with the casting director, but self-taping is also really fun because when you're in the comfort of your own home or like your own home studio, you kind of let loose a little bit more. The nerves aren't there as much. And this is only speaking from personal experience. I've, 
I've spoken to actors who absolutely cannot self-tape. They get incredibly nervous, but I, I love self-taping and I, I like in person though. I think a little bit better. Yeah. I know. I, I, I get both sides, like people not being nervous and others being very nervous because, uh, because I think it's, it's, it's different when you're self-taping, you know, because then you're going to have to judge yourself, you know, um, before you send it out, you know, it's not like the person seeing you and then she says, Spencer, you're perfect. You got the role, you know, or whatever in person, maybe that'll happen. But mostly they say, thank you. And you have no idea until they <laughs> message you. Right. Um, yeah. but, uh, the, uh, I could see the other part of like looking at the audition and being like, Oh God. I mean, are you very picky about your audition uh, tapes? Um, no, this is going to sound so bad, but a lot of the time, especially in the past year, I'll look back at like an audition or a self tape and I'll like kind of blush. And the, my first thought, and I usually say it out loud because I have no filter is I'm so fucking cute because I just, I try so hard and whether it comes across weird or whatever, I like you can tell that I put effort into every single thing I do. And that's something that I pride myself on is that I give 110% no matter what. I'm never taking an easy way. It's always like go big or go home. And so I can like look back at these tapes and I know why I made certain decisions and I stand by them. Like I've never, I've never looked at an audition and been like, oh, I wish I would have done something different. Hmm. That's good. So, uh, you know, um, a lot of people have regrets every time, you know, you see Yeah. that stuff. And so it's nice to hear somebody who, um, once again, it comes back to self-awareness, I believe, you know, it's the whole thing of like knowing who you are and what you can accomplish, Yeah. you know, and everything. So you're able to go out there and, uh, and, and just make something you're very proud of no matter what. Um, is it a lot of, is there like a lot of preparedness? Like, do you, when you get the sides, are you like, uh, writing things down and notes and everything, or do you just kind of go to it? I prepare to a certain extent. Most of the time it's just memorization and I will practice maybe the scene a couple times before I start recording, but I don't know what it is. I have a great uh, memory. I can, I'll, I get sides and audition day of every single day, like no matter what. And a lot of it has to do with worrying that I won't have time the next day or like something will come up or, you know, anything could happen. So I, I get worried that I'll miss an opportunity, but my memorization has definitely not gotten any worse as I've gotten older, which is great because I mean, I've smoked so much weed in my life. <laughs> I'm surprised that I can memorize anything. You surprised you still have your memories, your your faculties there. Yeah. Or, I think that's our right word. Um, but yeah, I uh, what is it? I, that's the thing. I'm getting older, so my memory is completely gone. So I, uh, you know, I can barely remember what I ate last night, you know, or whatever. Um, I think it like it I do a lot of um memory games and I love board games and I read a lot so I'm always using my brain and I think honestly that's what it is because I'm always doing puzzles or I'm you know on Duolingo learning Spanish or I'm reading a book or blah 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 so 
I'm such a nerd. I think that might, it served my memory well. That's good. So uh, would you be really good at that game memory? You ever play that where you have to guess the colors or whatever and each time, Yeah. Yeah. you know? The, like where there's like a bunch of different cards and you have to memorize where they are when they flip Yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that game's crazy. I can't do that. Cause the one I, when I play is like, it lights up and then you have to press the button and then it, you know, uh, another one will pop up or whatever. And I'll be like, uh, after a while, I'll just be like, where, where did I, which one did I brush? And you know, everything. So I'm, I'm very bad. I got a terrible memory. Um, but you know, it, I guess it's fine for me. Um, you know, it's, it's enough. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about, uh, the stuff that you're doing now, Um, and, uh, what, what's the big project that's come out lately? Wolf Hollow actually came out April 1st. So it came out on April fool's day. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> that's always like, to me, that's always a bad day to do things on because just because people are like, is this a joke? Am I gonna, you know, is there not going to be a movie here? <laughs> you know, but no, that's, that's great that it came out on April fool's. Um, Yeah, it did a it did a premiere in Pittsburgh at the Hollywood Theater. Uh, I was unable to attend, unfortunately, but it was a great turnout. I mean. They had like the, the theater is ginormous and they have like balcony seats and uh, a regular movie theater area. And like the whole thing was filled to the brim. And now I, I haven't been on my phone in the past like hour and a half. So I'm not sure if the news that if, I'm not sure if specific news has been released yet. But if you guys go to Mark Cantu's Facebook, the directory, he might have said something. But there's big news on the horizon for we'll follow. Okay, yeah, and this is going to be out like in probably closer to May, so Perfect. probably might already be out, but Perfect. we don't know. So Yeah. it's better not to say something before the director has announced what he has to to Yeah. announce. Um, but yeah, that's wonderful. Um, I know it did really well. I, I saw freaking uh, pop figures for everybody. Yeah, that was cool. So you had your own pop figure. Yeah, I, I, since I didn't go to the premiere, I wasn't able to see it in person. Um, but one of my co-stars, Brandon Crumb, who played a character called Lucky Steve, he is mailing it to me. So I get, I get it in person eventually. Are those actually going to be sold or? I don't know. I have no idea. Because <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, I just, I I, I love that. I don't know, like, it's got a, is that a, like, a real licensing or is just that, that was just fun, like, Wolf Hollow fun? Uh, Wolf Hollow is licensed, but I'm not sure. I, I know that the person who made them went through like a manufacturer, like, and I know that like they're real Funko pieces that are like made to be Wolf Hollow, but I'm not sure if they're going to be sold in like a GameStop, you know? That'd be awesome, right? You go into a GameStop, just just going in there, just checking out, and then you see yourself, you know, on the display there. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Mark, man, uh, how's he as a director? He's great. Yeah. He's very hardworking. I mean, he is making sure that everyone has what they need. He's just so attentive to the story. And I mean, he's the writer and the director and he also DP'd it. So he knew exactly the shots that he wanted. He knew exactly how, you know, he wanted it to flow. So he had a lot on his plate and you could tell that he was tired, but he persevered throughout that whole time. And even beforehand, pre-production, even post-production, all the way until this premiere. I mean, 
I'm sure he, he needs to sleep for like, (laughs) he has worked so hard. You hear that, Mark? You need to sleep for a week, you know? Um, Spencer says it, so go do it. Uh, That's wonderful. Was there any like fun stories you have on set of that one? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. One time, like we were just waiting to start uh, filming and uh, my co-star, Christina, who played the main character, Alex Romero, we went live on TikTok together across from the room and we were able to like promote Wolf Hollow on set but like together but also it was just a very I don't know how to it's very meta we did a very meta thing on TikTok and and it was really fun um I was covered in blood that's always super fun there's Mm -hmm. something about me that directors are just like you need to be covered in blood and I never argue because I love it (laughs) <laughs> it's it's funny some people hate it i i hear actors that are like oh god i'm gonna have to be covered in blood and i'm like i mean that's part of being in a horror film i mean if you can't if you don't like that you might not want to do horror you know which is fine um yeah. now you are you obviously big horror fan and, and love doing this stuff but are you interested in doing other stuff like comedies or dramas or anything like that yeah, I have done a couple dramas. I did a drama recently called Fields Adrift. I played a character named Sandy who kind of helps this man who has a brain tumor or brain cancer. And he's going on this like existential trip. And she's kind of like this, like a, a guide halfway through his trip. and Like a tour guide kind of thing? Into his psyche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, he, it, it was a really, it was a really cool movie and it's like really sad and, uh, it's super well-written and, um, here in, in a couple months, I'll be in a movie called Lavender Fields, which is another drama. And yeah, I, I love drama. I love, I love intense emotion. Um, right. so anything where I can like emote, it intensely I love that I also love comedy I'm a huge improv actor so comedy is I have never done a comedy I've never done a comedy but I would love you've to you've never done a comedy yet no never. what the hell is going on all right did you bring a ghost over here because my my tv is just like freaking out right now I <laughs> the fifth just messing with you but uh your name is spooky madison so true. true i don't know it's just weird my tv started i look over and it's like it's on a roku so it's just going the roku i'm like oh shit did it get uh um what is it you know did the power go out but that power did not go out you know so i'm like all right and then the tv just did all switched all these different things so oh weird shit it never does that. Uh, like, well, it, as far as I know, it hasn't done that. Not with me around. So, you know, unless ghosts are watching shit when I'm away. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> maybe they were. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, remember, well, there there could be ghosts. We don't know. Exactly. You know? Um, so uh, to go back. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. You've never done a comedy. That strikes me as crazy because I think you'd be... I think you'd have a field day with a comedy, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would love to star in a, I guess what they're considered like stoner comedies. 
I would love to have been in like a super bad or a pineapple express type comedy. I really love this movie with Anna Ferris. It was, it's really old. It's called happy. And it's basically, she plays an actor who gets really stoned, but she's supposed to be going to an audition, but she's so high that she just like, can't I think find you it. mean smile, right? Smile. I think. Smile, yes. Yes. Smile. yes. Yeah. Okay. I was just making sure because I think that's what I remember it being called. But yeah, no, yes. that was a fucking great movie. I yeah. laughed and my I, ass off. I looked for it later in life, like probably two years ago to try to buy it. It was like $60 on Amazon. It's Ugh. like a cult classic where very underground. Like when I talk about it, nobody knows what I'm talking about. So I, eBay, I got- maybe eBay has it um, for. Um, I can, I'm going to look real quick. Cause I, do you want on Blu-ray or DVD? It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh my goodness. All right. Never mind. All I'm getting is the, the new smile. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's all that's popping up right now. That's a completely different smile, you know, or whatever. I'll have to look it up sometime. If I find it for cheap, I'll uh, send it to you so you can, you know, see about getting it or whatever, if you want, you know, if Absolutely, yeah. you're still uh, interested in buying. I remember, I, I think I rented it on Netflix or it was like on a streaming thing or something. Um, so I remember watching it and laughing my ass off. I, Anna Ferris is one of my favorite comedy actresses. You know, I just, I think she's just so funny, you know, um, yeah. her and Kaylee Cuoco are two of my like favorite and they're both blonde. So, yeah. you know, kind of, kind of the kind of, girls that i would just like i would love to work on a movie with them yeah absolutely could you imagine both them in a movie together though i think that would be nuts that would be pretty funny i think that uh they would play off of each other very very well and they're both different actors like they both do different you know stuff uh as far as comedy wise goes and so i can see them being sisters man see we gotta write these things and then put them to hollywood and then say hollywood make it you know because that's how it works right you just that's what people think um so anyway um are are you planning to write or direct at all or have you yeah i had my writing and directorial debut actually in february february so what did you do it's a short film it's called as i believe the world to be and it is about this vigilante type underground person uh her name is elnora and she is hired to do a specific job and she does it but she does it a little bit too well and it kind of puts her in a predicament um it's a very short film so it's open-ended uh myself and uh, the actors were kind of exploring the maybe the opportunity of using it as a concept and and trying to make a feature out of it later on That'd be great, actually. Proof of concept. Yeah. yeah. Um, how long was it? It will be about 12 minutes. Right now, it's still in the editing bay. It's being color graded. We did some pickup shots um, last week or two weeks ago. So, um, yeah, it should be done, I think, by next weekend is the deadline. What made you choose to do that for your uh, short? Uh, I actually, I, I had this script or this concept in my head for years and I was supposed to do this competition called winter film. And unfortunately we missed the deadline to turn the film in. And once we missed the deadline, I kind of 
decided that, well, the, the winter film had a 10 minute limit. And I was like, well, if we miss the deadline, we're going to make this as long as we need to for the edit instead of having to try to trim it down and trim it down. So ended up being like 12 and a half minutes and the winter film theme and prop for this year was percentages as the theme and a mechanical pencil as the prop. So I don't want to give too much away, but we've incorporated this into this crazy, like Scott Pilgrim versus the world slash Batman color grading. I don't know. It's very odd. I'm, I'm excited to release it. You're an Edgar Wright fan. I see like Shaun of the dead. And then, uh, you know, Scott Pilgrim, you're mentioning, I'm sure you're hot fuzz and the, yeah. at world's end and stuff like that. Um, yeah, he's, uh, and, and did you as a, cause this was your directorial debut, right? As a yeah. short. So, uh, did you like, were you sort of inspired by some of the old filmmakers you've worked with or do you sort of, did you sort of, you know, make your own kind of thing with, with what you were doing as far as directing? I, I worked crew on um, a couple different fe- feature films and I realized that I um, needed a little bit more control or no control at all. And cause I was, a, I was AD, I was PA, I was grip and it was just when I saw something that wasn't being done by like a director, I would have to, it would be really hard for me to like, don't say anything because it's not your job. And if you say something, you need to word it very carefully to make it seem like it's this person's idea so that they don't fire you. You know what I mean? Right. So, but I had the script, so we made the movie and I directed it and I had all the control and I'm a complete control freak. Turns out I need to control every little aspect of every little thing. And I don't see a problem with that. No, not at all. I don't, um, I, I don't see it at all either. That as a problem because, you know, especially when you're the writer, you know, generally speaking from my perspective, when I start directing something I'm writing, I'm also producing and I'm also doing million hats because, you know, um, in fact, I've had to be told not to do things by other people because, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just want to I want to make sure everything gets done right and everything. And I'm like afraid people are just going to mess up. I'm sure you sort of kind of have that in a way, you know, where you want to make sure it's your vision, you know? Yeah, so- absolutely. I mean, giving up creative control is hard. And I was just lucky enough to have a team and uh, crew members who knew that this was really important to me. So what we have so far is really great and it should serve well as a proof of concept. So I'm, I'm proud of it. Do you, I mean, I know this is your first short and everything, but do you feel like you're a actor director? Do you feel like you're a technical director? Do you think you're just you? I mean, like, is there a specific style you sort of go to? I would see myself as more of a, I mean, I like to focus on the actors and I would hope that I could hire an assistant director who could focus on the crew, an assistant director who knows the shot list through and through, who knows why I'm doing certain things with the shot list. And, you know, like I, I, as an actor, 
who is then being a director, I want to make sure that my actors are portraying them correctly. Because like I said, I'm like a perfectionist, I'm a control freak. So, so, and I wrote this. So if my actor isn't bringing forth the emotion or bringing too much emotion to something like, I'm more focused on them than, than camera. Yeah. But do you, like, in, uh, do you, how do I explain this? Like in the way that, like when you shoot something, you know, when you shot the movie, were you sort of at all like saying, okay, I want the camera here. Or do you like let your DP sort of handle more of where the camera would go? I was pretty thorough in my shot list. I, uh, I mean, like it was as thorough as could be. It was over the shoulder on El Nora medium shot, you know, like purple lighting to on her back and green on her, on her right. Like I was very thorough. So um, I kind of trusted my DP and my, assistant director to focus more on that so I can focus on the actors. That's good. That's good. I like that. Cause like uh, a lot of people and me included, I hate doing uh, storyboards because uh, I've heard different people say you could use stick figures. I hate them because I still like, I, I I'm until I'm there on set, you know, like I can't, my brain doesn't visualize it like that. You know, I'm sure yours does but mine doesn't. And uh, so I need, you know, I need to be on set and see where things go. Then I can just, you know, put everything together, you know, the way I want it to go. As long as I trust my DP, you know, to basically do that. It's hard when you're acting and you're directing. So you did that both, right? No, I wasn't in it. You weren't in it. Okay, nope. good. So that that's good. Sometimes uh, people tend to, especially actors, tend to act in their first film too which i i highly recommend not doing you know i've done it and it's it you're focused on acting and not on directing exactly at times you know or whatever you can't see what's going around you know where the shot is exactly so i would always suggest actors if you're trying to do that but you know people aren't going to listen if anyway you know they're going to do what they're going to (laughs) do um so what advice would you give like a new actor that wants to come up and uh make some or uh, like be in something i would focus on networking i would focus on the idea of what someone's going to say about you when you leave a room how you're selling yourself if you're selling yourself too short if you're being too cocky i would focus on who are you going to be in this industry and when you find that out, make sure that you're networking with like-minded people, people who share your values, people who share um, your, your drive and your motivation, because there's a lot of like very green filmmakers who don't understand the hard work that goes into it. And you'll have a, a terrible time on set with them because you're more experienced. You've been on, hundreds of more sets than this green filmmaker has. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're just doing everything wrong, but you have to, you have to learn how to, first of all, deal with that professionally. Second of all, learn how to weed out those situations. If you don't want to be in those situations, I mean, any, any new actor should just try to get as much work as possible to build a reel because without a reel, nobody's going to look at your stuff. And you like, have a reel. That's out there. 
Yeah. So it's crazy because my reel is based off of these projects that are just so small and they're like CCAD, um, film student thesis films. And there's like one feature film on there that barely made it out alive, you know, like barely even got released. And there's all these little tiny. It escaped. I think it released escaped. Yeah. Uh, Well, my reel is in, it's because I've done six feature films in 2022. Wow. So none of my, none of my new stuff is out. So this reel that I'm like sending out to casting directors, thankfully is getting me work. But like, if I didn't have that, I mean, I just had a director, um, Scott Hansen, who did Forest Hills um, mm-hmm. with Duvall. He just reached out to me and he was like, where can I see your work? And I was like, well, I don't have any to show you because I, all of these films just got done. So like Wolf Hollow was the first one out of all of them to get released. But um, that has a trailer at least, right? You're on the trailer, right? I didn't make it in the trailer, even though oh. I'm this ensemble like lead, I didn't make it in the trailer because my character goes through some pretty crazy shit. So like they couldn't show it. Oh dang, that sucks. Yeah. So um my I would as a new actor, I would focus on getting work, making a reel, networking with like-minded people who share your creativity, your drive, your motivation, figuring out who you want to be in this industry, how you're going to present yourself and stay as humble as possible. I mean, you can be confident, you can feel good about yourself, you can feel good about the things that you do, but that was my cat. Um, but but be humble and be grateful and be appreciative. Well, you know, that's great. I've always hear actors talk about how hard it is. Like it's almost like, um, you know, it's one of the hardest things to get filmmakers to send them stuff for their reel and everything. Have you found that hard too? Only with one of my projects did I find difficulty getting material for my reel but I mean sometimes you just have to wait because a lot of to the times like things are getting color graded or they're you know doing foley work in post-production and you just can't have that material first of all you signed a contract and you can't ask for material early because you signed a contract stating you're not going to get it until a certain time and I mean it's a waiting game. And if you don't want to wait, make your own quality content, put it on YouTube, make sure it's got good picture, good sound, you know, good quality. And you can make that your reel. do monologues, you know, post that like that's a reel as as long as it's showing your ability and your talent. I uh, made a producer's reel once and somebody's like, what the hell is a producer's reel? And I was like, I was making reels of everything at the time, you know, why not? You know, like, uh but yeah you don't usually see that because producers are generally you know the ones making everything you know so they don't really need that but then i'm like hey it could attract other people who want me to produce their work i guess i don't know you know i made a director's reel i'm an actor's reel so why not a producer's didn't make a writer's reel because you know that's just maybe that's pushing the line i don't know (laughs) it would have to be very clever dialogue you know yeah and i don't think i've written anything I'm proud of as far as like, like, I mean, I'm proud, but I'm not, you know, like I, the thing that will launch me into wherever hasn't happened yet, you know, and I know that, you know, um, so at least, you know, uh, I'm aware of that because if I wasn't 
you know, I would think, oh man, I'm, I'm the greatest, you know, I know, like you said, stay humble. And I think sometimes that's the hardest thing in this industry, especially when people are, because this industry is so fake in a way, like, I'm sure you know this, but like a lot of people will say, oh, that was great because they don't want to hurt your feelings because they want to possibly work with you again or something. And they don't want you to go, oh, well, I don't like that guy because they just told me that my stuff sucked. But then when it goes nowhere, you know, I'm like, why do all these nice people say all these, you know, thing, nice things to me? It's because, you know, we need real people to tell. And I feel like you're a real person. Like, I feel like if I gave you something and said, check this out, you would be like, yeah, then that, that needs some work, you know, or whatever, you know, like, so it's funny that you say that because, um, my agency, I'm represented by Heyman Talent, which is like a really big agency on the East Coast. I work in their Columbus, Ohio office as their audition coordinator. So I'm working directly with essentially my competition, but I am the audition coordinator. So I record, I edit, and I submit their auditions for them. Um, and I have the qualifications just from my experience in the industry, but also like it's in my job description to say, you're not delivering this dialogue correctly, or you're not doing it enough or this, this, and this. So like, I, I would hope that someone was honest with me, no matter what, like, I know this industry can be fake, but, but I mean, I had an issue on a set recently where I thought I was doing well, but the director was like, well, you're not giving me what you think you're giving me. And I was like, give me specifics. <laughs> like you need to tell me what you need and I will give it to you, but you're not communicating. And, um, thankfully that was resolved, but yeah, I would hope that everyone is really honest, especially with performers, because you, we're, we're making fools of ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. our face, it's our name. That's, that's out there. And I mean, Tell me if I'm doing something wrong so that I can fix it. Yeah. Tell, tell me if I'm wrong. You yeah. Know? Um, I, I like that. Like um, I used to hate it, you know, because um, I had a really bad uh, incident that happened very young in my writing. I think I was like 20 and which sounds like old actually, you know, when it comes to like writing, but like I, that was when I was like starting to take things seriously, you know, and I sent, my script it was called amusement and it was about vampires in an amusement park you know it's my first script and i was so proud of that thing you know like i couldn't wait to somebody to read it and Stu wrote it and he said he was going to give me notes and he gave me notes on every page like five six notes on every page right and then by page 30 or 20 or some 20 20 something 30 something whatever he goes I can't read anymore. This is terrible. You suck. You were like, he wrote you, uh, you should never write anything anymore, you know? And that hurt so bad. And looking back at it, I'm like, you know, maybe his approach wasn't the nicest approach, you know, but in a way, like it, it did teach me something. So I kind of learned, you know, from it, which was that, um, you know, a uh, not to give that guy my stuff anymore because apparently he doesn't like my my writing style or whatever. But also because, um, you know, 
it it was harsh and and probably some of the stuff he said was true i don't remember and i don't have it anymore sadly i wish i did but um it, it's went by bye bye but uh you know and then the next script i wrote took me like a little bit longer before i did it because i was too afraid you know yeah and um so sometimes real honest truth can be hurtful some of it cannot be constructive and i like to hear constructive stuff like he didn't have to write it like that he could have been like i'm sorry man i just couldn't get through it um but uh keep keep working on maybe your next script will be better you know that's what i got you what you gotta say because i feel like if you tell somebody never to write again you know um it'll do two things it'll either make them never want to write again or it'll do what it did for me which was make me want to write more you know because i'm like screw this guy i'm gonna do stuff and i'm gonna you know yeah. um and everything so i mean whatever I, i'm sure you feel the same way about things i'm I mean, what was the harshest note you've ever gotten do you know do you yeah um i remember it very vividly uh it was after an incredibly intense and emotional scene and i had asked for i was i was one it was once it was done i should have asked on set but like once it was done i asked like I hope I gave you what you wanted. Like, I like, I'm really proud of tonight. This was so much fun. And the response was you didn't do what you thought you were doing. Like you, you, something like along the lines of like your voice didn't match your movement. So like I was emoting, but I wasn't matching it physically. Well, why didn't he do that? Like why didn't he, call cut and come up to you afterwards and say can you do it differently now was he it was just a really it was it was an intense day like regardless and we were all very tired it was like day seven and it was just there was a lot of factors going on and so I don't fault him for the way that he said it at all I just wish that it was said when we were shooting, because now when I look back on those scenes, I'm just like, damn, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I guess I could have done like that a little bit differently or, but like, I thought I was doing well. And had he never said anything, I would have been like, damn, that's it. Like, that looks great. But he said something, but he said something too late. So now it's like stuck in my head, like, well, shit, you know? So now you see it and you're like, uh, that's all you have in your head is thinking, well, that, I could have done this better because you know and yeah and that's they, not something I usually feel I'm usually like very confident about my performance and to be honest like I don't watch anything that I'm in you do, see I was gonna ask you about that because I, I thought you would I don't know that's that's what I figure no you know? I don't watch anything I so I couldn't make the, the Wolf Hollow premiere and I was bummed because I really wanted to see my co-stars and I wanted to like do the Q&A and stuff afterwards but mm -hmm. I would not have stayed in that theater. I would have gone to a bar across the street and, and eaten dinner or something. I absolutely hate it. As soon as I am on screen, I want to cry. I, you know, I, I get that from a lot of actors. Um, but I think, uh, and maybe this will change for you if you start film filming more stuff, you know, and especially if you have to like more, you, you shoot, like your own movies and stuff and maybe stuff you if you start putting yourself in the movies you'll start doing that because 
I used to hate uh, seeing myself. And then when I started directing myself and everything, I loved seeing myself because I could see, you know, because I had to. So, you know, putting the movie together. But I, I feel like it's a different approach when you become like a filmmaker, putting yourself in your own movies. But since you, the only thing you've directed, the, the short you directed was something where you weren't acting in it. Um, is a little I, bit I was, I was in it, but I was in like the corner of the scene and I actually wasn't supposed to be in it. <laughs> you when just, it was an accident. Yeah. And when I saw the footage, I was like, shit, like I, I'm in it, but then it, it looks fine because we're in a bar and I'm just like, I'm sitting at a table with a glass of water that, and one of the actors, like we did a, a shot and I realized I was in it and I was like, God damn it. Like I have to move. And then my DP was like, no, just stay there. Like that's an empty space. Just stay there. And I'll have one of the actors come and bring you a glass of water or something. Cause she was playing a bartender and I was like, Oh, okay. So I'm in it. I'm like, I have like this tiny little like Stan Lee moment. And that's all I needed. Like that's and that's all that's your Hitchcock. That's your Hitchcock moment too. Yeah. You know, there you go. You know, now people. All right, everybody. When you guys go watch your short film, you you got to look look for Spencer. Where is yeah, she? Take a, shot, yeah. take a shot when you see Spencer. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. You know, um, I I've always wanted to do that, but then I'm like, but then I start doing the Stan Lee thing, or just act in it, like have like a role in a line. You know, yeah. because I don't know. I don't like to just, I might one day just have it where I walk by, you know, or whatever. Um, but, you know, nobody can do that better than Hitchcock, you know, yeah. like, um, and from what I understand, he actually would do it where he would show up like 35 minutes into the movie. Now he shows at the end tour later, he would uh, in his career, he would show up early, like the first 10 minutes because everybody would be looking for him and start watching the movie. You know, yeah, and night um Shyamalan did that too. He's like always in like a weird like he was just like a knock at the cabin, he was the newscaster. Right. So like he he does his little moments too. M night uh has a very Hitchcockian like love, you know, and yeah. stuff. But unfortunately I haven't I didn't I did not see Knock at the Cabin. I saw old and was not not my thing, not my cup of tea. And uh, M Night's kind of like that, where there's some movies like I love Split. Like, I think that movie is phenomenal. Uh, but then I, I really didn't like the next one he did. That was a sequel to Split. Um, can't remember oh, the name. Uh, was it D- Glass? Glass. Or- yeah. yeah. I just wasn't, I just, I felt like sometimes, you know, when you, when you do a sequel, sometimes you ruin the, ruin like the drive of it and because you have a different vision of where you want that to go than what maybe us the audience are thinking and i think i thought more superhero and he thought more psychological drama which a lot of people like but wasn't wasn't my like hope for it i i know i was like oh man it's gonna be like m night's gonna be the new marvel you know, like he, you know, but it didn't work out the way I wanted it, you know, that I thought it would, but anyway, it was cool. Like I, I like him. I like, uh, uh, who's your favorite director? I love Wes Anderson. Really? Yeah. I'm not a fan. I don't know. Bottle Rocket is great. Uh, Rushmore yeah. is fantastic. And uh, Royal Tenenbaums and all the, it just gets quirky and quirkier as it goes. I mean, I yeah. hated life aquatic 
So I don't know. I didn't like, I didn't like life aquatic. I'm, I'm thinking of more like in terms of the symmetry of the shots, which could very well be his DP and not Wes Anderson at all. Mm -hmm. But there's the symmetry that follows like in his movies, just like is so aesthetically appealing to me that like, I can't look away. Like I've heard everybody, you know, talk about Grand Budapest Hotel as like, it's one of the best movies, you know, of all time to some people. Yeah. And um, I'm, I haven't seen it, but uh, just cause I, I don't know after, after life aquatic, it just left a really bad taste in my mouth. And I just, I've avoided his movies because I just like, just think he's pretentious a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I love the beginning of his career. Yeah. The beginning was great. I mean, he was like, I feel like he kind of came out of nowhere and then like fell off weirdly and then came back really weird like really quirky um but yeah, I mean, did. yeah but for him i just really like the symmetry in his shots love west craven number one is probably west craven i'm really into ty west so i uh, ty is amazing and yeah. i i yeah we just did uh for 90s horror films we reviewed uh no horror film lovers we reviewed um uh what is it uh house of the devil okay yeah yeah Yeah. fantastic uh movie um and i mean of course x um i want to see pearl and haven't seen that yet but um and there's that new maxine you know Mm -hmm. which is supposed to be uh apparently uh they've been talking about it like it's it's gonna be better than the first two so i don't know i don't know maybe i mean every all of them are in a different timeline i mean x was in the 70s pearl was in like the 30s or 40s and maxine will be in the 80s so yeah that's a hmm, that's gonna be kind of cool to see yeah. all that stuff like especially if you did it like in kind of timeline order and like the maybe one day see that sort of all together you know it's like a marathon of yeah. interesting triple feature um i love he was in your next which uh elsie holt was in you mm-hmm. know so uh did you ever see that movie yeah of course okay so before you met elsie yeah, I didn't know that was Elsie because he was wearing the mask, you know, the right. lamb mask. But um, yeah, I, I watched that a long time ago. Yeah, it's a great movie. And uh, and Elsie was wonderful. Like I met him at a horror convention and he was just the most down to earth, chillest dude. I Like one of the chillest dudes I've ever met. And uh, and I love horror now. Like, like, well, I mean, I've always loved horror, but I love horror where it's going right now mm-hmm. uh, as far as like, more mainstream like terrifier 2 which was not mainstream made a lot of money you know for the box office which makes indie films be able to raise money because they can say they can use it as an example of uh you know it's kind of a fluke like nobody was expecting it to do like that but that means that any investor has a chance to do that and um, so you're going to see a lot more bigger hopefully a hundred thousand to higher um now are you a big supporter of like indiegogo and the crowdfunding stuff yeah yeah i uh i mean every movie that i've been in has had an indiegogo at some point whether i mean i came on after it had ended or if i'm helping promote it now i mean um i'm in a movie coffin tooth who has an indiegogo going on right now yeah with matt cloud yeah it's wonderful. 
Yeah, and then I'm in another horror movie called Placid Park with, uh, which is Roman Jassart's, um newer movie. Nice. And they have an Indiegogo going on. So, yeah, I I am a huge supporter of Indiegogo. How else are you going to feel like you're literally a part of the filmmaking process than giving twenty five dollars, but also like getting a Blu Ray in return, you know, mm. or or paying $500 and being considered an associate producer and you're literally helping produce and fund this movie. I mean, that's crazy. That's great. To me, one of the coolest ones are like when they have like the, uh, uh, you, you pay like $500 or whatever you be associate producer, but you're also like a missing person, you know, picture, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. That way, you know, we did that for a couple of projects that we produced and we had, we have a missing persons, um, but we did put a guy and, you know, in a picture in the frame and everything, you know, and everything like that. Um, uh, so I think that's, it's an amazing uh, thing. And then you become friends with the people who are doing it. And a lot of them continue to support indie film, you know, indie films and, and whatnot, because they just really love it. You know, they love the camaraderie there. Um, so what's next for you? So I am right now for the next month, just kind of focusing on my agency job where I'm the audition coordinator, helping talent get to where they need to be and helping them um, audition. And then in May, obviously I'm, I'm, turning 30 and I'm going to Vegas. So I have like a whole month of hardcore working with talent, a week of being in Vegas and then immediately going to film Placid Park. And then um, right after that, fingers crossed that I get a role in a specific movie, um, dream role. And hopefully I get it. And that would be, that would fill May. I would go from Placid Park directly to this movie. And then I have Coffin Tooth and Lavender Fields and The Boy from Below, which is Tori Jones, Jonestown's new film, and then Midnight Maniac in November. So I have I'm stacked. You have a lot of stuff coming. You you said I think you said like you have six films that are in like post production right now. Yeah. Right. That you know, once they're done, uh you'll hopefully be able to put them in your reel. So I think by next year, hopefully, you know, you'll have some more things to put in your reel so that your reel, you know, looks, I mean, no, no, I don't, I haven't seen your reel, so I can't say anything. But you were, it seemed like you were saying it wasn't as, you know, like you wish that your newer stuff were out there right now, you know? Yeah, I mean, my reel is, is very cinematic in a way that's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just it's just old stuff and, but it's like cinematic. I've like really amazing music behind it. And there's, there's like these bits of dialogue that I'm doing. And I mean, I made the real myself. So as a perfectionist, I was like, I know it looks good, but this time next year, my reel is going to be completely different. And then by 2024, my reel will be completely different again because all these movies I'm in this year are going to be coming out. So it's an, it's a never ending process of just updating a reel. Yeah, sometimes you have to update like three months and six yeah. months or whatever and not a year because, you know, you get new content. You want to put it in there because it's fresh, you know, yeah. um, and everything. So wonderful. And do you like do you edit your reels yourself? Yeah. OK. Yeah. Some people do. Some people get an editor. So 
Yeah, I, that's I, I mean, I'm an editor, like, for my job. So, like, I'm pretty versed in, like, how to put stuff together. That's good. That's Yeah. good. Uh, uh, you know, you could, use, well, I guess that is your job. So, but I could say you could like freelance on the side and be like, yeah, hey, I can make your reels. Don't want to give you more work to do because I know you're already stacked. You're already busy. You just said you got all the way to May. Oh, past May, right? And stuff. Uh, November. November. Jeez. That's just busy, 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 which is wonderful. And, uh, And I, I thank you that you have the time to actually come on the show and, and chat with me and everything, because like you said before, I think you said before to me that uh, you love doing the podcast, but, you know, um, finding the time even for this was, was kind of hard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know. I have one more podcast that I'm doing uh, mid April and then like, I'm just going to have to take a break. which sucks because I'd love to promote it. I'm sure once like all the other movies come out, like PR is going to be like, you need to do this, this, and this. But until they tell me I have to do something, I am, I'm sleeping. And you're sleeping. You're like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to rest just like Mark needs to rest. You need a rest, you know, Yeah. like Yeah. people don't realize how much like, because uh, filmmakers, they spend the whole year or longer working on the project, um, getting it to, to the best it can. Uh, actors spend like the whole year doing multiple projects, you know, and everything. Sometimes like a whole 12, you know, one a month, you know, if you're um, able to. And uh, so that's just a lot of work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But we're, we're happy to have you and we're happy to have you on the show. So thank you so much. Um, uh, how can people reach you? How can people connect with you? So I have a public Instagram. It's the goodbye ghoul kind of a play on the rom-com, the goodbye girl. Um, and I'm public on there. You can DM me like my stuff. I'll follow you back. Most likely uh, my Facebook, uh, Spooky Madison, that's my public actor page. I am, I think, maxed out on friend requests for my personal page. So unfortunately, you can't get me on there, but that's probably a good thing. Um, Yeah, because your acting page is really where you want, because you can still, people can still contact you through there or, or whatnot, you know. oh, yeah, Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have a website? I don't. I, I, I'm featured on my agency's website haymantalent.com i also have an indb spencer madison but i don't have a website so Oh, there you go. Well, maybe one day, I mean, soon, maybe, because thank you'll have you so many things to promote and everything. And you'll have like, um, I have a website and I have not updated it in like, God, I don't know, long, way too, too, too long. And so I need to update it probably soon. But, uh, you know, you, you personally, I bet I could see you doing that. And do you have a TikTok or anything or? Yeah, I forgot. I, I always forget I have a TikTok. I post things on there, but then I forget about it like immediately. Um, I'll act, hold on. Let me look to see what it is because I can't remember what my username is. It's something probably stupid. I'm not going to lie. It's not the, uh, the goodbye ghoul as well. No, it's. I like that though. I, I wasn't like goodbye girl with uh, Richard Dreyfus, if I'm correct. Yeah. 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 Um, so my TikTok is Moody B. Jones. It's a play on a book series called Junie B. Jones. And it was like my favorite book series growing up. So 
Nice. And you used my last name. So there you go. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a negative light. Cause a lot of times people are like, you're so moody. And I'm like, Hey, what's wrong with that? Moody is a rad last name. I hated it growing up. I'm not gonna lie. Hated it. Cause I got teased. So cool. I got teased so much with it, you know? And, and then my like gym teacher would call me moody or, you know, all the time. But I'd be like, you know, like yeah. just makes me sound like I'm in a bad mood all the time, you know, or some junk, but it probably was. So that probably <laughs> did fit, but I don't know. It's, high, it's middle school. So, you know, I don't, not my greatest years, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but I am, uh, I'm glad you're here out there making stuff and everybody's able to see the work that you're doing. And um glad you got to go into directing because I think that's, that's really neat. You know, um, I always sort of ask people if that's something they want to do. And some people completely want to do it and some people don't want to touch it at all and stuff. They just want to concentrate on acting and you know, more power to you, no matter what you want to do, you know, as long as you are true to yourself, you know, um, I think that's wonderful, but I do love seeing, um, I love seeing everybody out there making movies, no matter who they are, or what they're doing, you know, um, because we need more content for me to watch and review. So for short film Saturday, we'll review your film. Oh boy. Okay. If you want, if you like, if you want us to, Yes, I mean, is. yeah, I, it's going to have to start getting reviewed anyway. I'm just like, I'll send it to you and then you can like post it, but I probably won't watch it. Oh, like, the review? My own content. Yeah. <laughs> Do you check the reviews of the movies that you're in? Do you ever like? No. Because you're afraid people are going to say, oh, that's Spencer Madison. She... I, I, I'm like the only, I'm on Facebook and I post really stupid memes and I'm in, I'm on Instagram and I'm promoting the movies I'm in. But like, I don't, I don't like the idea of having haters. That is Come terrible. on. I don't think anybody could hate on you. I don't you know? know. I mean, I have a pretty evil ex. So Well, I mean, you know. that's, that's a different thing because everybody's got that, you yeah. know, but, uh, or, I mean, you know, sometimes you just got people you've, you've might've, might've rubbed the wrong way, but like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like. They're not reviewing your films necessarily, I don't think. No, but like as an actor, I am a people pleaser. So I don't, I just like, I'm not going to, I don't look at reviews. I don't look at my own content. I don't like, I just separate myself. I give you what you want as a consumer and I go about my day. And you move on you go to the next project or whatever. That's a good, good way to look at it because, you know, um, I guess I'm, I, once again, I'm different just because I do stuff, you know, like I do a little bit differently than you do with, with everything. But I think that's wonderful because I'm sure there are people who are kind of a mixture of both of us, you know, yeah. and everything. Everybody's I, different. I Googled myself once and I found my, like this like article or something and it was totally wrong first of all it was talking about how I was a Broadway actor and I was like who wrote this because I've never been on Broadway but that was enough I like googled myself and I was just like this is weird and then I shut my computer off for the night uncle google scared you okay I get it I uh we reviewed a movie um and we're I mean indie film cafe itself 
um, is pretty uh, the show that I do. We, we review a lot of older films, mostly some newer, but mostly older and uh, mostly older because not a lot of people are checking them out or whatever. And we just want to give some props to the movies we, we, or, you know, or we look at it at a different light. Now we're older, you know, we, we might see a movie we liked. Um, and then we look at it like, Oh, this is not as good as we remembered it. Um, and we do a stinkometer and that kind of, I think that's the thing that like pisses a lot of people off because we do one through 10, 10 being stinky, you know, yeah. and everything. And people are just like, you're calling my movie stinky. And I'm like, but we like stinky movies, you yeah. know, like, I mean, I guess other people think of it like you're just making fun of the movie. And some guy disagreed with us. And on Tuesday, we're going to have an interview with him. And that is going to be interesting because me and my co-host are going to chat with him. And he's going to he's barely going to be yelling at us about uh, about how we were wrong on our views on the film. And I mean, we were honest, you know, what we thought. Uh, We didn't call him a Broadway actor. So (laughs) I don't think we were wrong. Yeah. you know on that stuff but who knows maybe we were wrong and that's fine you know we're not we're human we all make mistakes and mm-hmm. and the thing is if they if he says something that goes makes us go you know what you're right you know well we'll admit that you know we're not going to change our score but we'll we'll admit it yeah. you know yeah or whatever but it's it's nice to have people who come on the show and kind of most of the time people don't care you know like it's it's getting the movie out there even if it's you know negative you know yeah or yeah. whatever so i always think bad press is still good press because any any press is good press um for sure. you yeah but uh yeah so thank you so much um i really appreciate this and um everybody go check her out check her tiktok check her instagram um see all the stuff you're doing i mean i'm sure you got your reels on youtube right um yeah i have like a list link tree so like any of my social media you'll see this like link tree link and it has my reel and i was in a music video it has all these different stuff in it so that is awesome so go check her out check all check her link tree sounds really weird to say but check it out and uh support uh spencer because she's one of those people out there that's just continuing to do shit like all the time i'm in awe of all the stuff that you're doing and everything and and all the networking you're doing i see uh you know because you and i have a lot of the same friends and see a lot of the talk and i'm like how how do these people know these people but i'm like it's very simple add these people because they're you know you'll see that they have like a million uh mutual friends and you know we'll all we all know each other and we all should be you know helping each other out you know absolutely yeah um and scott hansen hire her because i know scott scott's actually a virginia boy so he needs yeah. to go hot to hire you he's out in uh, georgia trying to get me to go out to georgia that ain't he's trying to get me to go out to georgia too like like on my birthday and i was like i will literally be in vegas drunk. yeah vegas vegas don't leave vegas i yeah. was in vegas for two days and i wanted to stay there but it yeah. was when i was going to moving to la and i was like i think i'd rather go to la you know than than that but i'm just saying i i wanted to stay there longer because it was a you know it was a fun town uh wouldn't want to live there but would definitely love to have like a week vacation there at some point is that what you're doing a week or just a weekend it's like four days four so, days yeah yeah go gamble go have fun you know we'll yeah 
<laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And everybody, uh, check us out next week. Uh, we'll be with a brand new episode. And up until then, everybody, have a good one. Bye. Thank you.